Hey everyone. It was so great to be with you all a few weeks ago for our community leadership sync. In the last few weeks, we've launched our fall community rhythms. Man camp has come and gone and the cool weather is at hand. It feels like fall is here now and in full swing. I hope you had a chance to start reading C.J. Mahaney's Humility book. If you didn't pick one up at the sink, make sure you come find me. I've got a handful of copies left for everyone uh, so you can be reading along with us. It's my goal to get a short podcast out to you on a regular bi-weekly basis so that we can be walking through this book and its applications for us both individually and for us as we lead our communities. I'd encourage you to read along with me about a chapter a week as I won't be summarizing the content as much as I will be building upon it. Today, I'll build on the first two chapters, which constitute part one of the book, which speaks primarily about the nature of pride and humility in our lives. He defines humility as honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. He defines pride as our sinful aspirations to the status and position of God and refusal to acknowledge our dependence on him. In the introduction, Mahaney says that he is a proud man pursuing humility by the grace of God. Amen, right? As individuals, we all have room to grow in humility, myself especially. And essentially what this first section argues is that in order to do so, we need to see God himself and for himself, not for the benefits, but that we would be seeking and treasuring him in and of himself, that we'd be regularly reminded of who he is and his perfection in his power in his holiness and in his love for us. And that we'd be regularly reminded of who we are in our sinfulness and our finite limitations. Not so that we would be depressed and constantly navel-gazing, but that we would not think too highly of ourselves, but rather give glory to God as we properly ought. As leaders in our communities, as we grow in humility, so too will our conversations reflect a more humble attitude and draw others into that same humility. In the latter portion of this book, part three, talks a lot about specifics and and practical things, so we'll have plenty of time to cover those. I'll save those for later. But at the outset, just thinking through this, as we seek to grow in our own awareness of God's holiness and our own sinfulness, the more we will see God's grace evident in our lives and in the lives of those around us. The manner in which we encourage others will be increasingly God-focused and less self-focused. As I've been thinking about these definitions of pride and humility, the way he mentions honesty sticks out to me a lot. If we're honest with ourselves about our own limitations, that will help us set appropriate goals. That'll help us call on God for strength. And that will help us set healthier expectations for ourselves. We don't have to be perfect. We're not the savior. We're not our savior. We're not the savior for anyone else. We are, in fact, in great need of another Savior with whom we have in Jesus. And others are in need of this same Savior that can't be found or met in us, but only in Jesus. And I think this leads not only to healthier expectations of ourselves, but also healthier expectations of others in community. What I mean is this. I think we can easily expect too much of others in community or expect too little of others. For example, if we are looking for others to be our source of approval or our measure of success, then we're expecting too much of them. We should be seeking our ultimate commendation from God alone and not from others. On the flip side, we should not expect too little of others. We know that God has put us together in his sovereignty and scripture is full of communal and social metaphors. 
We are together, citizens of a kingdom, bricks in a building, members of a body, parts of a family, each with a unique role. We are made to contribute the gifts that God has sovereignly assigned to us for the upbuilding of the church. So very practically on this note, if you found yourself now filling more than one role in your community, I'd encourage you to step back and invite others into that role, whether that's identifying a connector, uh, identifying a women's discipleship lead, or even any of the informal roles for a prayer lead or a social coordinator, or somebody to post for your regular gatherings. It may not necessarily have been pride that led you to filling multiple roles, but it will definitely be humility that leads you to asking others to help step in. And this is not only for your own good, for your own sustainability as a leader, but for the good of those that you ask and for the good of your community. Of course, you will have more space to invest in others as you delegate some of those other things. But the folks that you delegate to will not only get to try out their gifts, which gives them a sense of engagement and ownership, makes them more like contributors rather than consumers, but it also blesses those around you in community because we've each been given a multitude of gifts to be put in practice for the upbuilding of the church. And so the more folks that you have taking a role, big or small, the better off you will be in using those gifts and experiencing the benefit of those gifts. Also within this theme of honesty, if we're honest with ourselves about the nature of our own sin, we will not be able to claim any superiority to others in their sin. This should not only increase our compassion in our response to others in their sin, but it should help us to practice the no flinch policy when others do share their sin, because we know that our sin against God is just as bad no matter the nature of anyone else's sin. And lastly, if we're honest with ourselves and others about God's role in sustaining us, if we're aware of and communicative of our very life and breath, the opportunities that we've been given, the things that we have as gifts from God, we'll not only personally appreciate them more, but it keeps the focus off of ourselves. And it prevents us from feeling like we are the Savior. And that prevents others from seeing us as a, as a Savior. But instead, it points us to Jesus and it points others to Jesus as well. There's one other practical note that Mahaney points out on page 32. He talks about using honest language for our sin. Using this honest and biblical language for our sin allows us to see sin in its full measure. He uses the example of acknowledging when we are contending with God for supremacy in our lives. Along these lines, my wife and I have recently been replacing the phrase, I'm frustrated about this, to the phrase, I'm unrighteously angry about this, which causes us to see it for what it is, a sinful attitude, and helps us to repent. And there are many other things that we might be glossing over in our lives with the way that we talk about them. Do we avoid conflict because of our personality, or is it really an inappropriate fear of man? Am I consistently working overtime because I want to provide for my family, or is it that my work has become an idol? I'd encourage you to think along these lines and use the biblical language for our sin, and when you see it, be quick to repent, turn to God. So friends, let's pursue honest reflection of ourselves in light of a holy, powerful, and loving God. May we thank him for our very life and breath. May we know Jesus is our savior. May we point others to him and not to ourselves. Would you please pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the life and breath that I have today. Thank you for the functioning ears and minds and hearts of those listening today. 
I pray that you would bring us into a deepened awareness of our need for you to sustain our very being and to forgive us of our sins against you. I pray that you would move, up, move through our communities to draw us closer to you and to one another in humility. Where there's need for fresh conviction, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak to the hearts of those who need it. I pray that we would see you glorified more and more in our communities. May you cultivate in us a deep thankfulness for all that we are and all that we have. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.